I'm Dr. Amy Bader. And I'm Dr. Renee Rosenfeld. Welcome to Be Natural, a place to come for the latest buzz in natural medicine. Episode 7, Simply Sleep. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Bader. And I'm Dr. Renee Rosenfeld. And And we're going to talk about sleep. Oh my God, we should have planned that better. We're going to talk about sleep Simply sleep. Yep. Okay. Renee, I'm going to have you take it from here because I know you know the fundamentals of what everyone needs to do to get good sleep. I know this because I taught you. (laughs) She did teach me. She taught me so well. Um, Yeah, so sleep basics, sleep hygiene. We wanted to start this podcast or this episode off with these fundamentals because if you're not doing these things, then your sleep might not be that great. Right. So first off is we like to encourage sleeping with blackout curtains or a very dark room. And that is because if your pineal gland sees that light, it can think that it's time to wake up. And your pineal gland is what also um, starts to produce melatonin in the evening when it gets dark out. So it's best if you have sleep issues or just really want to get good quality sleep to sleep with blackout curtains. I do this. You do this. Yes, absolutely. A dark room is so crucial for high quality sleep. Mm -hmm. It is. Exactly. And and for that reason, too, if you wake up in the middle of the night for a second, you don't want to turn a light on. You don't want to look at your phone. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do anything that's going to fry off your melatonin levels because fundamentally light is what does that. Exactly. So that's number one. Number two, um, I actually haven't done this yet, but blue light blockers. So I know a lot of people that are into that right now, like getting the glasses that block the blue light out. Um, So within that, you can like order a pair. I know Felix Gray is a brand. You can get them on Amazon. I need to get a pair just... Oh my gosh, I need to get a pair for me and for my daughter because Mm -hmm. this is one of the hardest things for her, especially she's old enough now to have phone privileges Mm. and there's certain things she likes to to watch in the evening and I'm nagging her turn that thing off Mm -hmm. and um perhaps if I made her wear these kind of weird looking glasses (laughs) we wouldn't have that problem to begin with she'd be like forget about it I'm not watching yeah but I've heard they're really good Mm -hmm. and they make a huge difference okay we're both gonna order those the minute we're done taping this podcast and then we'll get back to you and tell you how great they are we'll review them for you later yes so that's Number two, and within number two, reducing screen time one to two hours yeah, before like bed. Yeah, like I said, that's like my nightly struggle. Yeah, yep. Me too. So um, so I try to get in bed around 9. Last week I got in bed a few days around 8.45. Oh, that's impressive. I <laughs> and I got in bed so I'd make sure that I was off of my phone by like 7.30, 8-ish, um, and then I would read. So it's really important to not look at your phone, your computer, TV, one to two hours before bed. And then um, another thing really is, that is really helpful too is to not to finish dinner about two to three hours before bed as well. So um, if you're going to bed on a full stomach, 
that's just a lot of energy for your body to have to focus on instead of sleeping. I really encourage my patients to go to bed early. You know, there's that Mm -hmm, saying that we've said it a million times and, and maybe our listeners have heard, but you know, an hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours after. Like it's just a more you know, effective time to be Mm -hmm. asleep. And so I'm constantly nagging my patients, go to bed early, go to bed early, go to bed early and eat your dinner early. You Mm -hmm. know, like just move your day up a little bit, right? Yeah. You're better off going to bed early and waking up early mm-hmm. and kind of shifting your whole day if you can. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like if you get that most regenerative sleep when you do that. I oh, know yeah. I feel so much better when I'm in a good routine where I'm going to bed. Quite frankly, if I go to bed at 9 o'clock, that's like the best time for me. I, I, I will get enough sleep. I will feel great the next day. It's just really a matter of making it a habit. I know it kills social lives. Sorry. but Sorry. <clears throat> but it, yeah. you can do that during the weekdays and then kind of – Go off your schedule on the weekends, and you can get back yeah, to a little it bit. On, yeah, a little bit. A little yeah, bit, I mean, yeah. It, it, you know, when we work with people who have like, um, let's say they work a swing shift. Oh yeah. And they are, you know, maybe four nights in a row they'll be working during the night, and then they'll have like three or four days off, and they try to flip their schedule yeah, back. That's, that's really hard. That I, the, I really mean, hard. I think you do need to have a pretty set rhythm, mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah, I like to say. Sam and I, we're, we're already senior citizens, and we're proud of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we try to get – I mean, he – and he's known in our group of friends and family. Sam's our husband, Sam's by the way. Sam's husband. Um, <laughs> goes to bed very early. I mean, we're talking – Early, early. But um, on the weekends... So you go out for the blue plate special and come oh, yeah. out when we go to bed? Uh-huh. Yeah, like we eat dinner between 5.30 and 6.30 some nights, most nights. And then we we try to get in bed between 8, sometime between 8.30 and 9, 9.30. And, you know, this past weekend, I think the latest we went to bed was like 10.30. And that was really nice. I mean, we yeah. didn't like do anything super social. We were just kind of nesting. But um, mm-hmm. it's really important to stay on yeah. that kind of buffered schedule. Okay, so Renee, there's kind of one exception I have with my patients okay. around the eating early. Mm. And that is sometimes I'll have a sneaking suspicion for a patient if they're waking up and they're having low blood sugar in the night. Absolutely. So at that, for those people, I'll recommend having about an ounce of protein before bed. Yes. And that can be very helpful. I love that. Yeah. So in usual, I recommend turkey because it's got tryptophan, which mm-hmm. has a nice other added benefit. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, you, if you're waking up and you have a suspicion it's because your blood sugar is tanking in the middle of the night, you might want to try that and see if it helps. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, too. Yeah, pumpkin seeds and things like that mm-hmm. can be helpful as well or at nuts, that time. Things that are a little salty that yeah. are really grounding, mm-hmm. that can help you sleep, too. Um, I just make sure I eat a big enough dinner. I mean, I don't eat a huge dinner, but I make sure that I personally eat enough to where mm-hmm. I won't wake up in the middle of the night. But, you know, sometimes, like, if I worked out super hard that day or if I am just need that extra energy, I'll definitely have a snack before bed. I listen to my body, and I do what feels best, and mm-hmm. I probably sleep better just, you know, when I listen and see. Um, and then another thing is no caffeine after 12 p.m. No caffeine after noon. Yeah, you know, it's a, I have a patient who is constantly coming in for insomnia, and he's like, I drink espresso at midnight, but that doesn't affect me. I'm like, but you're coming in for insomnia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe maybe rethinking your caffeine schedule would be good. So, yeah, I would definitely say no, not afternoon and there are some people who are pretty sensitive to caffeine have a hard mm-hmm. time clearing it who have to have like a 10 a.m cutoff oh yeah but For here's sure. the beauty 
if you sleep really well, you won't need caffeine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you won't need that coffee or that matcha or, you know, that extra chocolate to keep you going. But it's okay to have it every now and then, just making sure no later than noon. Some mm-hmm. of you know later than 10 a.m. Really helpful to cut that off for sleep. Right. Um, and those are really just standard across-the-board basics. And now we'll get into the more nitty-gritty details right. of sleeping yeah. simply. So let's talk about rhythm of the body from a Chinese medicine perspective because I find this so fascinating and I'm constantly picking the brain of Chinese medicine experts like Dr. Renee and (laughs) asking my patients about this. And it is so interesting how a body establishes a rhythm that can tell you so much about what's going on and what, Mm -hmm. what is out of whack. So will you kind of go through the sure. Chinese medicine body clock with us yes. a little bit? I'll talk to you guys about the body clock in the evening and in the middle of the night. Um, and it, this is so important because this really helps me figure out what's going on with my patients' bodies and their organs that um, in a subtle way that maybe during the daytime they're not getting those um, signals. So our sleep life and our nighttime are nightlife really tells us a lot about what our bodies are doing internally as well. Um, So 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. is the gallbladder time, the time of the gallbladder. So 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. is liver time. So that's 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. I tease this Miller timing. Oops, I Miller mean liver time. <laughs> that's an, that, that joke ages me. But it's shocking how many mm-hmm. people will tell me they wake up at 2.23 every single every night. Every single night. Or, mm-hmm. you know, yep. 2.59 every single night. Mm-hmm. And that's their liver it waking their them. Liver. Yep. And then 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. is the lung. And then 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. is large intestine. So I'll kind of go through all those. So really... You know how we were saying one hour of sleep before midnight is really two? And that is true. But it's even more important to get that quality sleep before 10 p.m. So if you're waking up at some time in the middle of the night continuously or the pattern shifts, like for me, I've there have been times in my life it's always like 2.43, 2.43, 2.43. And then I'm like, okay, I need to look at what how my liver is doing. Um, and that happens a lot for women that are working on their reproductive systems or detoxification and things like that. And then I often see so many people wake up between 3 and 5. And lung is all about grief. I was just going to say, do you see that more after trauma? I do a lot. Mm. And when you're processing trauma or grief, I see that all the time. And it's just just kind of confirmatory in a sense and affirming that, you know, your body's going through this process and your lungs might need a little extra care. And so... Each organ needs different things and has different kind of qualities to it. So, um, like liver, if you're waking up every night, you know, between 1 and 3, like looking at your caffeine intake, alcohol intake, um, your stress, how you're nourishing yourself, your bowel movements, um, are you angry about something? Are you irritable about something? Do you have resentments um, towards people? Yeah, that's all liver stuff, It's all liver. It's all liver. And then lung is more like making sure that you're exercising and sweating and breathing. Um, did I say lung? I think I just said liver. Yeah. Lung. I said lung. Okay. That's what I mean. Lung. Okay. Yep. <laughs> 3 to 5 a.m. lung. Um, a lot of rest, a lot of really good nourishment. And now, right now is fall. 
we just had the first day of fall um, two days ago, <laughs> and fall is all about the lung. It's all about the metal element. It's all about turning inward. So really getting clear about um, what's going on in your internal body. And so those are kind of some general things. But the bo- And then also from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. is really the ideal time to have your be- first bowel movement of the day. So you want to ideally get out of bed for that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean... And so, part- so you're trying to tell me I should wake up during that time yeah. and go poop. Poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, in a perfect world, which we don't live in, um, but a lot of times people are having their first bowel movement between then, and that's because the large intestine's waking up, and it's ready to go. It's their time So of day. is your large intestine what should be waking you up in the morning, kind of from a Chinese, well, you know what I mean? Like, No, like I don't, if you're... If your bowel movement is waking you up, then that's a pathological thing that we need to work on. <laughs> and that's how many pathic sulfur. I know, that's all for right now. Exactly. I was like, well, um, exactly. So it'd be great to wake up and be like, oh, drink water. I need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, yes. But not everyone works like that, and sometimes you need to eat first or have a little time. Um, so in a perfect world, 5 to Why 7 Why does everything in our world always come back to poop? Because it's our biggest detox pathway. <laughs> it's our biggest way of getting rid if of you, the yuck. If you ever go to a dinner party with a bunch of naturopathic doctors like we'll us, just about. expect to talk about poop at some point during the evening. Yeah. Just, just, you've been warned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all my best friends know this. Like, poop comes up in every discussion. Well, it's, it's just kinda, a thing. We're obsessed. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And when I work with a patient and I do see a waking pattern like that, I'll use my biotherapeutic drainage Same. and some homeopathics to address those organ systems. Even mm-hmm. though I'm not a Chinese medicine doctor, I mean, I can do it a little bit you from a European approach. It. it works great. It does. It really works great. You know, it's interesting, too, how I'll see a lot of people kind of shoot out of bed from nightmares or mm-hmm. something will startle them in that lung, you know, that lung time, that three to five, yeah. whatever, long time. And that's kind of like our psyche nagging us that there's something there that needs to be processed or dealt with or, or seen. Right. Mm-hmm. And our right. dreams can tell us so much. And we're going to... Ha- we're planning on having a dream episode soon. That'll so. be so Ugh. interesting. I can't. Dream I have, therapy's amazing. It's amazing. I have all my patients writing down their dreams and telling me about them because I do dream interpretation. Um, and one of my teachers in school, um, Dr. Quinn, taught me how to do that. And it's been so transformative for me and my patients. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. it's a whole other life. I have it's it on my intake world. form, too. I think it's really yes. fascinating. I mean, it's obviously your body's trying to tell you something. Oh, right? Absolutely. It's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So along the lines of rhythm, like, let's kind of step it back into more Western sure. kind of nerdy biochemistry pieces. And, yeah. and let's talk about some of the hormones and mm-hmm. neurotransmitters that mm-hmm. are involved in healthy deep sleep, ideally. Um, the first one that comes to mind is cortisol, Absolutely. which we talk about all the time okay cortisol is your stress hormone Mm -hmm. it's made by your adrenals it has a rhythm to it that ideally helps you to it's it it let's just back up for a second cortisol is one of the things that wakes us up in the morning ideally it's something that makes us feel alert kind of puts us in this place where we're ready to kind of look for things during the day so we can maneuver through the world ideally cortisol is at its peak it's highest at about eight o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. so as it's creeping up through the night and kind of hitting a higher point like five six seven o'clock eight o'clock in the morning it should be one of those things that actually helps us kind of stir awake and kind of get out of bed and get going 
it should be kind of at its lowest point, you know, the opposite time of the 24-hour cycle, so 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's at its lowest, ideally we're going to be falling asleep a lot easier. Exactly. Right? Yeah. How many patients do you see on a daily basis that are, like, their cortisol rhythm is totally wonky? Totally flipped. Like, everybody, Backwards. hello, welcome to America. <laughs> we're all so stressed out mm-hmm. that our rhythm gets whacked. Yeah. It's so, so sad, but it, it's really easy to fix if you start to live a really healthy lifestyle and really look at your stress and your sleep and rest. You have to do that. Well, and then we talk about this too, Renee, a lot with our patients. Like there are ways to manage certain stressors in your body. Some stressors you can't control. Right. You can't control if someone really almost clipped your car in traffic that day. Right. If you know if your boss is you doing something, child. yeah. Yeah. With that said, though, you can control, like, are you eating foods that are totally stressing your body out? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you have pain that hasn't been dealt with in your body? Like, there are certain things like that, inflammatory things, food stuff. Are you that... on your phone all the time, which our phones are so triggering for stress? Being, oh, man. Being on social media too much can be really stressful and triggering. Having text messages constantly come at Watching you. Watching the news. I don't watch the news, you guys. I don't watch the news. I, I do watch the news maybe once a week on Friday night, but it still makes me mad and I should. But I, I have literally news? told patients, I'm like, you're banned from the news. Like, oh, it's yeah, upsetting same. you so much Oh my gosh, yes. that it's affecting your health. I'd rather live under my rock in my cave <laughs> for stress purposes. I mean, I know what I need to know. People tell me I know the news, but yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. You, you can't let it affect your health. And no. unfortunately, right now in our world, it's it's pretty disturbing, yeah. I think, for a lot of people, especially yes. empaths. <laughs> so me. You. For <laughs> yeah. me, me to a certain but you're yeah. definitely a little walking empath. Yeah. Um, okay, so managing your stress in some way. And if you're wondering if there's some physiological stressors that you can be doing something about, then you should reach out to a naturopathic doctor mm-hmm. and kind of walk through that because it's a shocker to a lot of people how simple dietary changes can completely change this right and and then there's also some supplements that can be helpful depending on your individual situation that you can put in to help create rhythm Mm -hmm. um like doing more things that are nutritionally based for your adrenals to help support that process so they can heal and so you're not pumping out cortisol all the time which is really helpful um so yeah i agree with that yep okay so one of the other things that also has a rhythm that's really interesting and hardly anybody thinks about it is histamine. Queen of histamine over here, Dr. B. <laughs> it is the forgotten neurotransmitter it because is. we think about it, you know, just culturally as, oh, it's something that you get when you have allergies. Oh, I have hay fever, so I'm having a histamine problem and I'll take an antihistamine. It's way more complicated way than more. that. It's it's first and foremost a neurotransmitter that affects your brain. Right. Okay, so it, it is something that makes our brains alert and kind of agitated. And actually, it's excitatory to a point where you, if you have excess histamine, it'll actually make you super anxious and have so insomnia. Anxious. I treat this all the time in people who have, you know, seen a lot of practitioners and they show up in my office like, nothing makes me better. I'm like, uh, you probably got the histamine thing going on. Mm-hmm. So... There's obviously medicines that I would choose for a person with this kind of situation going on, and a lot of people can be genetically vulnerable to this situation, yeah. but there's foods that promote 
inappropriate histamine levels right. in these people that they may not be aware of. So There's let me list. I'm going to rattle off the short, Wait, list short list and then give you some tips. So if you think you may be one of these people and let me just give you the list of symptoms to look for. So insomnia being one, anxiety, migraine, headaches would be another one. And then obviously all the set of like allergy kind of symptoms. Rashes, hay fever, itchy eyes, watery nose. So that stuff. Itchy throat. So if you're having that, try avoiding coffee of any kind, decaf and not. Green tea, black tea, and white tea. Because that particular plant, that's all the same plant, that particular plant can create a histamine response in some people. Chocolate, spinach, strawberries. I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Yeah. Um, fermented foods of any kind, including any kind of alcohol, sauerkraut, kimchi, all that pickles. stuff. Pickles. Um, and cinnamon is a big one, actually. Okay. And, and another one, one last one that people don't think about who are really histamine sensitive is meat that's been cooked and not eaten right away. So, like, mm-hmm. if you cook a bunch of chicken or something like that, you let it sit for a little bit, put it in the fridge. There's it creates this histamine within the chicken after it's been cooked. So if yeah. you're really sensitive, freshly cooked, freshly meat, cooked meat, is and then really eat right big away, one. And eat it yep. right away, totally. Fish too. Yeah. Um, a more comprehensive uh, kind of program around this, something that I recommend people look at is Whole30.com. Their low histamine diet. It's it, wonderful. People do well on that, mm-hmm. but it's funny. So let me tell you this story. So I had this woman. A young woman who was an athlete in my practice, and she was doing awesome. I hadn't heard from her a while. She was off at college. Then she calls me one day. She's like, oh, my gosh, I've had so much anxiety and insomnia the last couple weeks. I can't figure out why. It was great. And then she's like, I'm being super healthy. I'm getting up every morning and making a spinach and strawberry smoothie. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. When did all this start? It was like three weeks ago. I'm like, when did the spinach and strawberry smoothie start? Three weeks ago. I'm like, oh. She went, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, guess what we just learned about you? You don't ho- tolerate some of these foods well that are histamine promoting. And so just because something's healthy doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily yeah. mean it's a good match for you. Right. That's lesson number one. And lesson number two is this can be tricky. Yeah. So <laughs> So. Trial and error is kind of how you're going to figure out what the best diet is for you. But but like I said, try that low histamine diet for a couple weeks and see if it changes anything for mm-hmm. you. If it doesn't, then it's probably not your problem. Right. Yep. And some people can get away with some histamine foods better than others. So exactly like what you said, trial and error. Like there are some trigger foods that are more triggering than others. So it's definitely... Case by case basis. Yeah, the, the, one of the best lists I've seen, which I actually give my patients, is a list from Germany. I'm going to tell you, Renee, if you want something done right, put a German on it. <laughs> They're so far ahead of us with this I histamine know. stuff um, in Europe, in Germany in particular. So when my patients come in, I'll do a combo of like Whole30, low histamine, and this list I have from Germany and all that. But nonetheless, it's not an easy diet to do, but it sure is worth trying if you have Mm -hmm. these problems right okay let's talk about um another neurotransmitter serotonin let's do it okay so it also well first of all serotonin gets converted into melatonin Yep. okay so if you don't have enough serotonin running around your melatonin conversion could be a little bit compromised in your pineal gland Mm -hmm. So sometimes someone with insomnia, it's, it's as simple as, as augmenting their serotonin levels. Yeah. You know, and there's certain supplements that I will use to do that. Mm-hmm. 
interesting thing about serotonin is that it's excitatory and calming. It's it it's, it's a crossover kind of neurotransmitter. Yeah. So if you're super, super, super depleted with serotonin and you start giving supplements to someone to build it up quickly, you might have worse insomnia before you're better. Right. And we, I have, you know, ways of kind of backing off that and kind of going super slow. Mm-hmm. And But that's an interesting thing to discover about yourself yeah. too. You know, if you've had lifelong insomnia and anxiety and maybe even a little bit of depression, that you may be kind of tanked in that department. Yeah. That's a really good one to look yep. at. Let's talk about melatonin. Yeah, you talk about it. Okay. It's it's a. I mean, this hormone is so healthy for us. There've Did been cancer did... research showing oh, that again, I mean, adequate melatonin is protective. It is. But did y'all know that melatonin is a hormone? I don't know if a lot of people know that, but it is. Um, and a lot of people, or there have been studies done that say that you know taking a melatonin um, supplement every night isn't always the best um and I've kind of played around with this a lot with myself and sleep and my nervous system can give me issues on and off throughout my life so I've played around with sleep a lot and I've kind of got it locked in at this point thank goodness um but there is it's better to almost do less some people think that they should take you know three milligrams or more of melatonin a night and I've really found that less Mm -hmm. is a lot Oh, you might as well hit me with a tranquilizer gun. I know, because (laughs) melatonin doesn't, it will help induce sleep, but it doesn't help sustain sleep. And that's the thing people get confused about. They're like, oh, I need to take more melatonin. It's going to help. No, that's, it might help you fall asleep, but it will not help you stay asleep. Yeah, I think it's so common for me to have somebody completely overdoing it on melatonin. It it, it kind of makes me a little bit nutty because mm-hmm. it, it, to me it's not really fundamentally the problem. It's like not. you and I have access to medicines that actually help the pineal gland be healthier exactly. so it can convert serotonin better. Mm-hmm. And I would rather teach your body a more appropriate conversion than just throw a hormone at you right. that's not fixing the problem. I agree 100%. Yeah, there are times when I've dosed melatonin high, but it's it's based on cancer research exactly. for someone with an oncology problem, mm-hmm. not for sleep. Right. I've never prescribed melatonin one time in my 18-year no. career for sleep. No, because it doesn't help with the sleep's sustainability. It yep. just will knock you out for a second and you'll probably wake up a couple yeah. hours. I'm, I'm not a fan, too, of putting something into your body that it should be making mm-hmm. because I think the body's always going to be wanting to be lazy about it. You yeah, know, exactly. that's the thing. Like if your pineal is already lazy about converting serotonin and melatonin and you start taking melatonin, it's like, forget it. Now I'm getting it from outside the body. I don't need to do that anymore. And we talked about that in our a previous episode about hormones. Um, if you guys have listened to that one, just about birth control, it's the same, it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Your body stops making it. They well, get lazy. Yeah, they're lazy. The they're smart, though. I mean, the, yeah. it, we, we laugh that it's kind of lazy. <laughs> but they're really brilliant. But it's yeah. really about efficiency. Mm-hmm. And, like, where am I going to use my energy best? Because this has been taken care of over here. So I have a problem over here I need to shunt exactly. my energy to. So really need to bring balance back. Especially this endocrine system of ours is super sensitive. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all kind of talking to each other. So, okay. Um... Estrogen, progesterone, mm-hmm. particularly for women, can yeah. affect sleep. Yes. You know, it's a common 
symptom, you know, insomnia when a woman is going through um, kind of hormonal shifts, mm-hmm. perimenopause, other times in her life where maybe things aren't quite right. And so, you know, I often will test women's hormone levels mm-hmm. and see where they are. Um, and, and there's ways to balance those hormones or augment those hormones that's everything from the way you eat to mm-hmm. herbs to right. actual hormone replacement and that is absolutely 100 percent individual based on your case yeah it, it's something that should be done very thoughtfully right because especially with hormone replacement there's always going to be pros and cons to that yeah there is and i usually i do that as what well, that too but um I always go straight to homeopathy and biotherapeutic drainage, and I use so many Chinese herbal formulas to help with that. And, oh, my gosh, it will shift it right away. It's pretty incredible. That's awesome. It's wonderful, yeah, especially with, like, hot flashes at night that keep you up. Oh, my gosh. I know the formula for that, and it's just amazing. (laughs) Pumpkin seeds at bedtime can help that one, too. I know. That's Ayurvedic. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Okay, should we talk about some fundamentals in terms of, let's talk about minerals. Yes. I love getting, giving minerals before bed. I take minerals almost every night before bed because they're so the, grounding. They are. They're very grounding. Mm-hmm. They're so good for your nervous system. I know. Your brain loves magnesium yep. and other other minerals. I know. I usually do like a liquid and sometimes a, um, a product from Standard Process that's really helpful um, it really just lets your body know that, okay, it's time for sleep, it's time to lay down, and um, it just helps your nervous system get really calm. Mm-hmm. So that's why we like that a lot. Yeah, and so, you know, for those of you whose minds won't turn off, yes, that's a good, mind. first of all, make sure your hormones and your histamine and stuff is right, because that can make you feel like you can't stop, you know, ruminating on things, right. but minerals can help kind of balance your brain too and help you to stop ruminating on maybe like what you're what you need to do with grocery store the next day or what mm-hmm. work you have to do at work tomorrow or is your boss going to be mad mm-hmm. or whatever um what are some other tips for people who whose brain won't shut off well i think every patient i've had in the last few months talk when we get to sleep and talk about their sleep quality they're like you know there are just so many nights of the week where i am i get down to bed I lay down and my brain just does not stop so I go straight to homeopathy um, and it's so individualized and Amy and I both do this and so you really this is one of the biggest problems in our society about just the mind constantly going and so we you know have all these tools in our toolbox and know how to treat this properly so it's really important to get with um, a practitioner or work with one of us and see how we can formulate an individualized treatment plan for you to help you you know help you help your brain stop doing this pattern it's you're just missing some nourishment and homeopathy and um, your body's just in this kind of yeah it's really I, I think homeopathy and and sometimes even like the phytogens which are little yeah. herbal extracts that oh, are very I love gentle. Those. Those medicines are so gentle when you kind of step back and think about it, but they're very powerful when it comes to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. They can really help you get your, what we call your autonomic nervous system to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. At night, it's supposed to calm itself down and be dominant in the parasympathetic right. kind of world. And that's that's the kind of the side of the coin in your nervous system that relaxes you. Right. Um, and a lot of people have trouble kind of getting their body to shift into that. Right. Thankfully, we have some tricks. We have so <laughs> many tricks. Our toolbox just keeps 
getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> thankfully. Um, yeah, and I so wish yeah. we could be more, but it's so individual. Right. It really is. But just know that there's hope out there mm-hmm. for this problem. You know, I've, I've treated all kinds of insomnia over the years. And mm-hmm. what I can tell you this, Renee, you'll probably agree with me, is that it's almost always this perfect storm of a couple little things that we've talked about today mm-hmm. kind of lining up in a way that isn't yeah. working for you. Right. And some minor adjustments and a few gentle medicines mm-hmm. do the trick. Yeah. But you have to kind of think big picture and you have to check the boxes off the list of, okay, it's not this, it's not this, it's not right. this. Um, and sometimes my treatment plan or also my diagnostic tool where I'll say, okay, I want you to eat this way and do these things. And they come back and they're like, okay, it improved from this time to this time, but mm-hmm. not this time to this time. And then we go to the next plan Mm -hmm. to do the next I I feel like a detective don't you feel like a detective all the time and I love it I love being like a queen problem solver it's the (laughs) best well we are women it's what we do I know that's so true it's super fun though it's so fun because it 9.99999 times out of 10 like we get it right and it's so amazing (laughs) because we're really helping people live healthier and happier and but I want to tell this one story So there's a patient that I had in medical school, and she followed me into my private practice. It was actually on a shift with UB. Yay! I know. So this patient followed me to um, my private practice, and she was coming in, and I... Well, the way I diagnosed, I used my Chinese medicine brain, I used my naturopathic medicine brain, and she was just, like, she had this shouting quality when she would speak. She would just, like, she wasn't yelling at me. I know, I know she wasn't yelling at me, but she had this shouting, angry quality in her voice. And I use voice um, diagnostics, face, di- I look at the face, I can diagnose and see where what their miasm is, what their terrain's like, kind of what their body's doing. And she was just shouting. Like, she just couldn't help herself. She was shouting. She was in, like, a horrible insomnia. From that, from her shouting and her insomnia, I knew exactly what homeopathic remedy to give her. It gave her one remedy. She called me three days later, and she was like, hallelujah, what did you do? I am sleeping. And she wasn't yelling anymore, and she was sleeping, and it was the best. I mean, that's just how amazing our medicine is, and I just had to share that because it was, like, amazing how magical – you know, the medicine we do does. It's just, it's energetic medicine, and it's natural, and it's healing, and it causes no harm, and it really fixes the root cause of the issue. So Yeah, and remember, poor sleep is really fundamentally just a symptom of, a, you know, an imbalance in your body. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, mood and sleep and energy are things I ask about patients all the time. Those three things are key indicators of balance in your body. So, and the other thing too is sleep is high, 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 high priority to fix if you are suffering from some other ailment. Because Mm -hmm. if you aren't sleeping, you're not healing very well. And so when a patient comes in, I'm sure for you too with insomnia, it's one of the first things I focus on. Oh, yeah. Because I can't get very far with that patient until that is better. I... Thankfully, it's almost always better quickly. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a good chat about sleep. It's been great chatting. (laughs) (laughs) 
If you guys have more questions about sleep, please comment on our Instagram, send us an email. We can do a Simply Sleep Part 2 episode. We always have more to chat about, but we just kind of wanted to plant the seed so we could help some of you guys sleep better. Yep. Try some of those Mm -hmm. fundamentals and and look at the diet, and hopefully this has helped. Yes. All right. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be Natural Radio for more tips and tricks on how to live your healthiest life. This podcast is sponsored by Real Beauty Food Inc., makers of skin teeth.